the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. Well, good morning, everyone. Hope you're having a fabulous day. Uh, if you're tuning in, this is Let Us Reason. I'm your host, Al Fadi, and with me here in studio, I have our dear brother, Sam Shimon. Uh, Sam, welcome back, brother. Thank you for having me, by the grace and mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. Might sound good? Amen. Amen, brother. You do sound good, as always. Um, today, uh, we are going, uh, you know, I believe, Sam, we discussed the uh, different possibilities of different topics, but uh, we settled on the fact that we want to talk today about the Kaaba. And uh, I want to just give our listeners just a quick, brief overview uh, the Kaaba basically is that, uh, uh, you know, it's almost like a temple built uh, out of stone or brick found in Mecca. And Muslims basically face that direction, the direction of the Kaaba from anywhere in the world. Whenever they pray, whether they their daily five prayers or any additional prayers, anytime they pray, they always basically have to face that direction. Now, another myth about that particular uh, temple is that the Islam insist that it was built basically by Abraham and Ishmael. Supposedly, at some point, Abraham during his journey uh, journeyed all the way down after Hagar and Ishmael fled basically the Holy Land. They went and made their uh, residence in the valley in there in Mecca, supposedly according to the Quran. Abraham followed them. Then the two uh, went on to build the foundation for that house. That house, by the way, has been destroyed a couple of times, but it, and it was rebuilt again. And it's also the location of what we know today as the Black Stone. So yeah. this is where uh, this house gets its um, basically holiness and reverence from its connection to Abraham and the idea that the Black Stone is a stone that was sent down from heaven. With that says. Sam, I want to turn it over to you so that you can kick off this discussion and I will interject, you know, thoughts and verses every now and then. Yes, yes. This again, I invoke the God and Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, beseeching the Father in His love and mercy and compassion to wash us in the blood of Jesus Christ, purify us, cleanse us in the holy blood of Jesus, forgive us of our impurities, fill us with the Holy Spirit to speak truth without error for the glory of Jesus Christ, strengthening Christians and convicting Muslims. We love you, Father. We love you, Lord Jesus. We love you, Holy Spirit. Bless this session in Jesus' name. Yeah, as you gave a brief introduction, the reason why we're discussing the Kaaba is because we want to remind your listeners in the previous <clears throat> episodes, we went in-depth on some of the challenges that Muslims raised against the deity of Jesus Christ, that Jesus can't be God because he prays to the Father. We've thoroughly addressed that. And the assertion that Islam teaches absolute monotheism. 
<clears throat> more specifically, Unitarianism, because they not only affirm that there's one God, but they believe there's only one person. Even though you and I both know Muslims do not like to use the term person for Allah, they believe that Allah is a singular person, not tri-personal. So we're going to challenge that assertion, as we have in the previous sessions, and demonstrate that Islam is not just not monotheistic, it's actually polytheistic, it's pagan. And many of its assertions, practices. <clears throat> and you don't get more pagan than Muslims facing the Kaaba. But beyond that point, you used to be a former Muslim, and as a former Muslim, you are aware of the rights of pilgrimage. And again, many of your audience who are not Muslims may not be aware that there are actually two pilgrimages that Muslims perform. It's Umrah and Hajj. Would you want That's to just break that down real quickly? Absolutely. Uh, the Hajj is the annual one done at specific time in the 12th month of the Islamic calendar between day 8 and uh, basically a week from there. Uh, so between day 8 and day 14, 15, depending on when the uh, pilgrim will leave. And there are specific rituals that have to be followed, including, by the way, a blood sacrifice for the atonement of sin, which we may have to talk about that at some point. Yeah. And the Umrah is known as the minor Hajj. That could be done, by the way, any time during the year. But there are specific holy months in the Islamic calendar that it's preference that you do that during those months. You know, for instance, you can do it during the month of Ramadan, during the month, the seventh month, and so on and so forth. Yeah, and so the reason why we're mentioning this is because we want the non-Muslims to understand that when Muslims perform this pilgrimage, go to Mecca and Saudi Arabia to perform the greater pilgrimage known as the Hajj or the lesser one. They perform specific rites associated with that pilgrimage, rites that were being observed before Muhammad's time by the Arabs in Mecca. In fact, according to Muslim sources, <clears throat> the Arabs surrounding Saudi Arabia would actually visit Mecca and perform these rites. And don't forget, according to the Muslim sources, according to the narration such as Bukhari Muslim, the Kaaba, at one time, housed 360 idols, the 360 gods and goddesses of the Arabs, because Muslim sources unashamedly admit that Muhammad was born to a pagan tribe. The Quraysh were polytheists. They were pagans. In fact, according to Muslim sources, and again, you'll see the relevance of this by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, because these rites, have now filtered their way into Islam. So Muslims are performing the same rites that the pagans performed for their gods and goddesses. For example, Muslims are required to run around the Kaaba, circumambulate the Kaaba seven times. And there are two hills that they have to run between, Safa and Marwa. They have to run up one hill and then run up the other hill seven times. And then they throw stones, supposedly at the devil, as Wadi Mina. Now, why do Muslims run around the Kaaba seven times, and why do they run between the two hills of Safa and Marwa seven times? Well, the pagans did that prior to Muhammad, a fact admitted by any Muslim scholar and all the Muslim sources. Now, why did they do it? Well, lo and behold, if you have a Yusuf Ali, translation of the Quran and commentary, Yusuf Ali has unpended. Now, he's a Muslim. Now, he's, he's since passed, obviously. He produced the translation in the 20th century. But Yusuf Ali admits, because... He's basing this on older sources written by Muslims, giving us an overview of the Jahiliya period, the period of pre-Islamic ignorance. Jahiliya is the term that Muslims use to describe the period before Islam. 
the period in which the the Arabs found themselves in before Muhammad came with, quote-unquote, the true revelation. In other words, paganism, the period of paganism. He admits that the pagans worshipped the planets, the sun and the moon, and at that time they believed there were five planets. Now notice, sun and moon, five planets, that's seven. So the reason why they ran around the Kaaba seven times, and between Saf and Marwa seven times, was in honor of the planetary deities, because the pagans believed the moon was a god, the sun was a goddess, and these planets were gods and goddesses. So they were doing this this as part of their astral worship, and this was common in the ancient Eries, that the pagans would identify one of the planets, sun and moon, with a deity. This is why many people actually believe that Allah and pre-Islamic Arabia, as used by the pre-Islamic Arabs, I'm not talking about the Jewish Jews and Christians, Arab-speaking Jews or Arab-speaking Christians, I'm not talking about them, I'm talking about the Arabs, specifically in the Arabian Peninsula, when they spoke of Allah, it is believed that they were identifying the moon as Allah, because they were into astral worship, and the moon was considered the male deity, and would be therefore the, the planet, or the object associated with Allah, who is, for all intents and purposes, a male deity. So why did the pagans run around their time? In honor of the planets, the sun and the moon. Why did they run between Safa and Marwa seven times? In honor of the planets, including the sun and the moon, because they believed there were seven total planetary deities, the moon being the chief. Now, as a former Muslim brother, and I'm sure you've done this in your lifetime, until Jesus Christ saved you out of the darkness of your mind, the futility of Islam. Amen. How many times did you run around the Kaaba? Oh, man, I've done, done it. Kaaba? I've done it many but, times. I can't even count okay. anymore. I mean, I've been there. Yeah, of course, you every around, time you, you go, you have to do seven times, no matter how many times. If you visit 100 times, you still have to do seven times, which means you'll end up running 700 times if that's the number of times you visited that place. Wait, so you're, you're saying as a so-called monotheist who worships the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob when you are Muslim, because Muslims believe Allah is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You're telling me that as a devout Muslim, you ran around that huge structure seven times too? Absolutely. You did, huh? And you, you have to do it, of course, in obedience to Muhammad. And then you also ran between Safa and Marwa seven times? Absolutely. And of course, the story about the Safa and Marwa, as you mentioned, is like there were two idols... Supposedly, yep. they were punished because these two men, uh, I mean, a man and a woman committed idolatry inside the Kaaba. It's almost like classic, really, stolen out of the Old Testament, the story, you know, with Moses catching, uh, you know, a couple inside the tent uh, of the, uh, you know, meetings. Yeah. So here you're admitting that as a so-called devout Unitarian monarchist, because you used to be a Muslim, claiming to worship the God of Abraham. You ran around the Kaaba and Safan Marwa seven times. Interesting. And yet, this practice comes from the pagan practice of the pagan Arabs living in Arabia before Muhammad's birth, who ran around the Kaaba seven times and between Safan Marwa seven times in honor of the seven planetary deities. And yet, Muslims want to convince us Islam is pure monotheism. There's nothing polytheistic or pagan about it. Now, how do the Muslims get around this? Now, Lord willing, we may have to do another show on this, but be that as we may, as a We may do a couple. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. We want to because, do a couple because uh, we want people to understand the importance of this. Yes, exactly right. We want to show that 
Islam is nothing more than Arabian paganism repackaged as monotheism with elements of rabbinic Judaism and apocryphal heretical Christian sources mixed in, and then you throw in Muhammad, and that's Islam. That's all it is. Not revolution from God. It's a hodgepodge of pagan, rabbinic Jewish, and apocryphal heretical Christian sources and practices and beliefs combined with Muhammad as the head of this movement. That's all it is. That's all it is. It now. is, indeed. And if I may add, you know, uh, something sure. Sam mentioned about those idols and the idea that there were 360, uh, 65 idols uh, representing every day almost of the year, of course, and each idol has an affinity to a tribe or a tribe has an affinity to a specific idol, but there were specific ones also housed inside the Kaaba. What is so important about this, as Sam alluded to, and perfectly, of course, illustrated why this is a paganistic religion, is that Muhammad had no problem, had no problem whatsoever when he immigrated from Mecca after being in Mecca for 13 years to Medina, and then he received somehow revelations to change the direction of Qibla, or prayer, from Jerusalem to Mecca, that he had no problem praying towards this uh, uh, shrine that in-housed actually idols in it. In fact, chapter 94 of the Quran says that Allah opened the uh, breast of Muhammad to what? To the truth after the fact that he was burdened by sin. You go to and read commentaries like Ibn Abbas will say, you were a sinner because you were an idol worshiper. That's, That's what it. I wanted to add. 100%. So, and, and by the way, brother, just to further confirm what you're saying, even though Muhammad faced Jerusalem to peace the Jews, as you noted, and this needs to be emphasized, when he had his followers then face the Kaaba as their prayer director, their Qibla, which we'll be talking about the Kaaba, Lord willing, and show why. When Muslims face the Kaaba, they're committing idolatry. Kaaba is an idol of Islam. We'll get to that. But when he had them face the Kaaba, there were still 360 idols surrounding it and in it, meaning Muslims were facing a cube filled with gods and goddesses worshipped by the pagans, and yet Muslims claim that Muhammad and his followers were pure monotheists. Now, <clears throat> with that said, how do Muslims get around this? Of course, Muslims have responses to all these objections, but that doesn't mean their responses are honest, factual, or truthful. You can say anything to defend anything. But we are speaking the truth, and the truth is Jesus Christ, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus sets us free by his truth, and that's what we're hoping for the Muslims. Their argument will be, and you alluded to this, that initially Ishmael and Abraham built the Kaaba, and they're the ones who instituted the rites associated with the pilgrimage there, too. So they'll say that it was Ishmael and Abraham who told Ishmael's descendants to perform this pilgrimage and perform the rites associated with this pilgrimage, and that in time, the Ishmaelites, the Arabs living in Mecca, as well as in Medina and the surrounding environs, they then perverted and polluted this pure Abrahamic practice by then including idols, gods and goddesses. And so what Muhammad did was restore the pure monotheism and the pure rites associated with, with Hajj or even Umrah as initially instituted by Abraham and Ishmael. That's what they're going to claim. Now, how do we refute the claim? Well, very easily. Number one, there is not a shred of historical sexual, or archaeological evidence, and I'm talking about pre-Islamic evidence, that Ishmael ever settled in Mecca, let alone build the Kaaba. So that's, that's number one. Number two, number two, 
the Bible itself, the Hebrew Scriptures, conclusively refute any notion of Ishmael going to, to Mecca, settling there with his mother, Hagar, Hajjah, and Abraham eventually visiting him there, helping him to build the Kaaba. The Bible itself proves this is false. And if you don't mind, brothers, you can go to Genesis chapter 21. Read verse 21. Go to Genesis 21. Genesis, 21. Yep. Genesis 21. Verse 21. See what it says there. Genesis 21, verse 21. Okay. Very good. So, uh, Genesis 21, verse 21 says, He lived in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother took a wife for him from the land of Egypt. Now notice, yeah, there's a little noise in your background, brother. I want you to know that. But just to let you know, here you read in the scriptures, Genesis 21, 21, it says that Ishmael lived in the wilderness of Paran. Get any good Bible map. The wilderness of Paran is not Mecca, not Medina, it's not Arabia. The wilderness of Paran is located around Egypt and, and Israel, Canaan. So number one, notice Ishmael did not settle in Mecca or Medina. He settled in the wilderness of Paran. Number two, he did not marry an Arab woman. He married an Egyptian. It says his mother went to Egypt, because again, the wilderness of Paran is located by Egypt, right? It's around that area. Okay, now, it says his mother went to Egypt, got him an Egyptian wife. So Ishmael was not an Arab, and even most Muslims will admit he was not an Arab, because Abraham was not an Arab. Hagar was not an Arab. She was an African. She's from Egypt. That's Africa. Ishmael did not marry an Arab woman. He married an Egyptian. Yet according to the Islamic sources, specifically the Hadith, which were composed over 200 years after the death of Muhammad, Ishmael went to Mecca in Arabia and married two women from the tribe of Jurhum, which is an Arab tribe. The Hadith says the tribe was called Jurhum. He married one woman, divorced her, and married a second one. And supposedly, through that woman from this Arab tribe called Jurhum, he fathered the Arabs that, that lived in Mecca were the ancestors of Muhammad. Well, according to biblical history, that's all wrong. That's all myth. That's a farce. He didn't marry an Arab woman from Jurhum. He was not in Mecca. He was in the wilderness of Quran, and he married an Egyptian. So, there is absolutely no biblical, sexual, historical, archaeological proof for the assertion Ishmael settled in Mecca, married an Arab, and Abraham joined him later on to build a Kaaba. What we do know, as even admitted by the Muslim sources, is the Kaaba was a pagan shrine erected for the worship of the pagan gods and goddesses of the Arabs living in the Arabian Peninsula, and that they did worship seven planetary deities, because they included the sun and the moon, as, as two of the seven planets, and that they ran around the Kaaba seven times and seen Safa and Marwa seven times in honor of these planetary gods and goddesses, the chief of which was the moon. These are facts submitted by Muslim sources. Therefore, it is vitally important for the non-Muslims to understand what we just said. When the Muslims face the Kaaba or go to Mecca and run around the Kaaba seven times or between the hills Safa and Marwa, which at one time, even according to Muslim sources, house two idols. There was one idol on one hill and another idol on another hill, and run seven times between these hills. The Muslims are simply carrying over the very pagan, idolatrous practices of the pre-Islamic Arabs, practices that have nothing to do with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So I just want to make that clear. Now, let's, do you want to add anything to that, brother, or should I just move on to the next one? 
Amen. I think uh, we're approaching towards the end of uh, this oh, okay. episode, and obviously we, we wanna we wanna continue this. Let's call this a series now on Nakaba no, to piggyback to. on what we've been talking about. But uh, and here is an interesting thing, and of course, Sam, you know about this. How many times our Muslim friends tell us that Muhammad is the prophet that is sent like unto Moses? How many times we yeah. hear things like this? The claim is that he is the prophet that is mentioned in Deuteronomy 18.18. But if that's the case, I use a simple argument usually, and I would say the following. Let's assume, for the sake of argument, that Muhammad indeed was a prophet like Moses. Here is what Moses was given, a specific law, a specific command that God has given to Moses, and if people want to basically investigate what I'm about to share, it's very simple. All you have to do is go to the book of Exodus and start from Exodus chapter 20 verse 1 and you get to verse number 4 and here is what it says you shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth you shall not bow down to them or serve them here is the problem with this and why do I bring this up Do you know, and I know you know that, Sam, but I'm talking to my audience here. Do you know that Muslims say that this Kaaba, this shrine, is a replica and an image of another one that is found in heaven? In other words, it's carved after that model. You see how it's it's classic. I mean, I laugh at these things. It's like stolen directly, you know, from the Bible because Moses did not build that tent of uh, meetings uh, on his own, he was given a replica to build, you know. So, so exactly. all of these things are taken out of context and have been implemented into an idolatry and actions of paganism. And yet, our Muslim friends, uh, you know, shamelessly have no problem telling us that we're the one who are worshiping idols, we're the one yeah. who commit shirk, and they don't see anything in their own actions. Yeah, that's why, and that's why I want to give them a teaser for the next session, God willing, the Lord Jesus permits, because you just mentioned something. I'm going to quote Leviticus 26.1 real quickly, because I know time's winding down, because we need more to go more in depth on the Kaaba, and why when Muslims bow to it, they're committing idolatry, whereas when the Israelites faced the temple, they were not. I have to also address that, Lord Jesus willing. And I have articles addressing this on the website. But Leviticus 26.1. Do not make idols or set up an image or a sacred stone. Notice the command of the true God through Moses. Do not make idols or set up an image or a sacred stone for yourselves, and do not place a carved stone in your land to bow down before it. A carved stone in your land to bow down before it. I am Yahovah, your God. Now, why is that interesting? And we're going to do this more in depth in the next session. You and I both know that part of the practice of Hajj or Umrah is to kiss that black stone, not the Kaaba. There's a black stone. Associated with the Kaaba, attached to the Kaaba, that Muslims kiss because Muhammad kissed it. So here, Sahih Bukhari, Volume 2, Number 667. Sahih Bukhari, Volume 2, Number 667. Narrated Abdul Abdul Rabia. Amar, is the second caliph. Amar came near the black stone and kissed it. He kissed a black stone and said, "No doubt, I know that you are a stone and can neither benefit anyone nor harm anyone. Had I not seen Allah's Apostle, meaning had I not seen Muhammad." Kissing you, I would not have kissed you. In other words, Omar is saying, I'm kissing this black stone, this carved, this black stone that the pagans took to be sacred. I'm kissing it because Muhammad kissed you, even though I don't know why he kissed you. According to the God of Moses, that's idolatry. 
Amen. Amen. And so we're approaching the end of our show. Uh, Sam, real quickly, where people can go and watch some of your work on YouTube? Yes. Go to the YouTube page called Shimunian, S-H-A-M-O-U-N-I-N. I-N, and subscribe and hit the like button to the videos. Lord willing, I'm going to have to change that name and pray for me that this year God opens doors. I can make new videos, short videos, add new content to keep it going by the grace of God. And this material that you just heard me read, you'll find it on answeringislam.net. This came from articles I wrote on the Kaaba, the great idol of Islam, which you'll find on the website answeringislam.net. And my articles you'll find under individual authors, Sam Shimun. So go there. Amen. Amen. And for us, you can go to sirainternational.com and you'll also click on Let Us Reason and you'll be able to watch all of these uh, podcasts that I've done with Sam. And you can also go to our YouTube channel, Sira International, which is C as in Charlie. Uh, subscribe in there, become a Patreon patron, whether for my channel or Sam's channel, and support us with as little as $1 and as much as the Lord lays on your heart. Until we meet again, have a blessed day. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.